On podcast 1867, significant Ford F-150 Lightning price drops, meet the Hi-Fi Y and GM's battery problem. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the podcast today, Rimats Nevera sets a new record. More lamppost chargers and Mazda's first new EV coming. When? We'll find out. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you're listening around the world, it's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Tuesday, 18th of July. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. And welcome to a new Patreon producer, Carlos E. Anzola, or Anthola. Uh, sometimes my Spanish pronunciation is a little bit bad. Sorry about that, Carlos. Carlos, my friend, thank you so much for being a new producer of the podcast. Uh, now that I have turned on Patreon support once again, I sort of paused it for a few weeks. People couldn't you know, couldn't allow new sign-ups while I was doing the refunds for last month, but that's all sorted. Uh, so it's open again for anybody that wants to support this podcast, five, ten dollars a month or more for some companies uh, that want to get their message out there. And thank you so much to every Patreon supporter, every shape and size. Couldn't do this without you. You do literally pay the, the time it would take for me to do this otherwise i'd be doing something else to pay my bills at home and not doing the podcast so thank you well we'll kick off with the headline story really significant news if you're in the market for an ev truck the ford f-150 lightning's price has taken a dive significantly reduced the price of their f-150 lightning overnight the least expensive version of the lightning sees a price drop of ten thousand dollars while all versions get a price drop including the top line platinum trim of at least six thousand dollars that's huge so we'll kick off with their most affordable model it's the pro trim and the previous msrp of 59974 becomes 40 The base model Lightning Pro designed for commercial use is sold out for retail customers at least for the remainder of 2023. But that is an incredibly compelling spec of a vehicle for $49,995. Let's go through the other options. Um, The XLT has two battery sizes, like the Lariat has two battery sizes. Um, I didn't know there were two specs of the XLT. There's the model number 311A, which is $54,995, and the three. 12A. I don't know what the difference is apart from obviously $5,000. 59995. I do know that the extended range battery on the XLT will bring that to 69995. That's a discount of $9,000 overnight. The Lariat is 69995 with the standard range and the extended range Lariat is now 77495 and the Big Daddy go for the platinum with the big battery and that has dropped a huge amount. It's now uh, from 98 to 91995. Destination charges remain $2,000. I still find it very confusing when I ever I do stories of American cars uh, that that is not allowed to be added on because it's non-negotiable. So it's the price, surely. Anyway, uh, so add two grand to all of those prices for destination charges. I'd be like, I'll go get it from the factory. Thanks. It'll be a fun road trip. I'll save myself two grand. But there you go. Anyway, the price adjustment is the first decrease after four price hikes since the Lightning's launch in April last year. The price cut is applicable to all the models on order, scheduled for for production or scheduled for delivery. There shouldn't be too many unhappy people. Uh, The price reduction, they have chalked it down to improved economies of scale at their Rouge plant in Durban, Michigan and improved battery raw material costs. Link to that story in the show notes if you'd like to find out more. Okay, next, can we talk about a Chinese brand called Hi-Fi? That's H-I-P-H-I, Hi-Fi. And their new Model Y, sorry, not Model Y, just simply Y. It is a Model Y. Uh, They won't call it that because for obvious reasons, they'll be asked politely not to do that. Hi-Fi is a a, a brand that has launched the X and the Z already. By the way, there's some brilliant videos online or 
already about the hi-fi why, check out, there's one of the uh, channels called Inside China Auto. It's a British guy, funnily enough, but Inside China Auto has got like 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. His videos are getting so much better the more he does them, and he's reviewed all of these cars, and uh, his latest one with the, 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 not the Model Y, the Hi-Fi Y, is really good. Go subscribe to that channel. It's excellent. Uh, the Hi-Fi has, uh, the Hi-Fi Y is officially launched <laughs> in China. Electric SUV starts at $47,000 equivalent. It should be coming to Europe next year, which is why this is so interesting. The Hi-Fi Y comes with two battery pack options, 76.6 or 115 kilowatt hours. They say up to 503 miles of range on the Chinese cycle. Real world, if that does 370 or even 400 miles with such a big battery pack, that'll be on to a winner. It's not going to be legendary Tesla efficiency. Nothing else is. The dual motor Hi-Fi Y is 500 horsepower, near as damn it, 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds. Rear-wheel drive version, 331 horsepower. That's plenty powerful. The Hi-Fi Y is a medium-sized SUV. It's actually slightly larger than a Tesla Model Y. has a big 17-inch OLED center display, a 15-inch HD passenger touchscreen, a big 12.5-inch full LCD instrument cluster. It's packed full of tech, Meridian sound system, camera for a rear-view mirror, head-up display. The rear doors are uniquely designed. The bottom half opens normally, the top half a gullwing. Go and check out, by the way, the Hi-Fi X, because that is insane. That's got proper Model X doors uh, that, that swing out and up, and it's huge. It's, it's a seven-seater. It's absolutely enormous, that thing. It's like five-point-something metres long, the Hi-Fi X. Uh, the X is an SUV, and their prices start at over 100,000 euros or 110,000 US dollars equivalent. So the Y becomes the cheapest car that they have made. Don't talk about them very much. Probably should a little bit more if their vehicles are coming to Western markets. Now, moving on, Kia has reported good sales for their flagship EV9 SUV. 1,300 units sold in the first month on the market so far. Unveiled in March, it's their top-tier model. And their three-row three, uh, three row electric SUV on their eGMP platform. One of the bigger vehicles we'll see on that platform with their latest battery technology. It's got almost eight inches of ground clearance, a big cargo space as well. It can tow 5,000 pounds. It's probably a good vehicle, this is. Uh, the EV9 has the latest uh, of Kia's uh, highway driving pilot. And on the Kona that we own, it's uh, obviously Hyundai, but it's got the highway driving assist too. And that does a really good job of keeping you in the lane. I think it's probably every like 45 seconds you've got to make sure you just tug the wheel a little bit so it knows you're there it does a really really good job the uh, the hyundai kia genesis highway stuff is i think very very good it doesn't ping pong between the lanes or anything and uh onboard power generation of course on this platform so vehicle to load over the air updates as well got thirteen thousand pre-orders since they first opened the order books in korea on june the 19th and more than half of the pre-orders are from people who have never bought a kia before it's bringing people into the brand now in the usa when will it go on sale? I don't know. I think before the end of the year. And it'll come with those two powertrain options, either the 76 kilowatt hour battery or the 100 kilowatt hour battery with the dual motor, 300 miles of range. Prices, again, I don't know. But if you look at the standard battery pack, $60,000 maybe, possibly 70k for the bigger battery pack. Link in the show notes to that story. Now, Tesla is going to break their typical convention and turn up at a motor show at IAA in Munich this year. It's an unusual move. Tesla doesn't tend to do these things, but they're going to head up to uh, the IAA Mobility Show in Munich in Germany from the 4th to the 8th of September. Why would they be doing that? Why are Tesla doing something so far out of their comfort zone? 
Would there be a Cybertruck to show, I wonder? Tesla plans to present their EVs. Not clear yet which ones they'll have on show. I would think all of them. And that includes, perhaps, a certain truck. Tesla's decision to attend is surprising. They don't really do these kind of things. They do their own. They will definitely have a Cybertruck gala party, and we might find out more on uh, the uh, the next earnings call with Elon Musk. I, it's funny, isn't it? He wasn't going to do any more of these earnings calls, and he said, uh, he missed one, I think, or possibly skipped one. And then he, he was like, yeah, I'm not going to do these anymore. I'm stepping back. And then he bought a Twitter, and then he still turns up for them, um, which is good. He's good value. He's entertaining. And uh, notable previous appearances... San Francisco Auto Show back in 2006. That was the original Roadster. Uh, they unveiled the three. Not unveiled, but they took the three to the LA Auto Show back in 2017. Uh, they were at Shanghai a couple of years ago, and they're going to be in Munich this year. So I wonder what they'll be showing off. It could just be that they're wooing Germany, if you like, and uh, with the, the different colours they've got coming out of their German plant. And they want to do a little bit of a you know, sort of PR work there in Germany with uh, local people. So that just could be the reason. We don't know, but I'm looking forward to... I won't be there, unfortunately, but um, we're going to have some other things going on in early September, which I will share with you. I'll share with the patrons first, and I will share with all of the podcast audience sometime later in August. It's all good stuff. Some news coming from me. Nothing to share right now. I've learnt not to jinx these things. Now, GM's battery shortage crisis is intensifying as they shut down their Canadian plant in Ontario, Canada, because of a shortage of the batteries needed for their Altium platform. The CEO of GM is Mary Barra, and has previously said the battery production will be the limiting factor this year in 2023 to stop them scaling. Their plant there, which received a billion Canadian dollars, or 750 million US dollars, for converting it to an EV plant, began the Bright Drop electric delivery van production last year. In December, the first 50 of them were deployed earlier this year. And despite the high demand for the Bright Drop vans, they're having to shut down because of a bottleneck in raw materials impacting battery production. GM's even building more battery capacity, but this takes time, you see. Workers won't even return to the plant until the 31st of July. They're building 400,000 square feet of additional space there at the, do I say CAMI? C-A-M-I facility uh, to assemble their own batteries and have more control all over their production more vertically integrated. They've got a battery plant in Warren, Ohio right now uh, that began production last autumn. And three more plans. There's the one in Tennessee that starts operations. I think they're on target to, to start making the batteries there in Tennessee sometime this year, even at a small scale. And then you've got the Michigan one at Lansing, which is next year. Indiana will be a little way off. And all the plants, uh, when they're all operational, GM will have 160 gigawatt hours of capacity. This is stuff that's coming down the line, down the pipeline, though. This is nothing that's going to affect the next five minutes at GM. So they've a lot of jam tomorrow there with the Altium platform. It's coming. It's a coming, but it's not here just yet. So hold your horses. All right, moving on. Let's talk Seat, the Spanish bit of Volkswagen. They're going to build a battery assembly plant that's now confirmed at Martorell in Spain, investing uh, 300 million euros in the project to create more than 400 direct jobs and 100 in the supply chain. The new facility covers 64,000 square metres. It will assemble cells for Volkswagen's battery bit called Powerco, and it will manufacture them at the Gigafactory in Valencia. Construction will begin in the coming weeks and will be completed in 2025. And they will also manufacture some of Volkswagen Group's electric cars, like the Cupra, the next Cupra electric that's coming, the Raval, I think. Uh, that's going to be built also in a, the, an, an adjacent facility. The new facility is seen as a key step in their EV plan at Sayat and will provide the impetus to obtain a second 
platform at the uh, the site. They're playing a leading role there in turning Spain into an EV hub. Uh, there's lots of things going on with uh, about 10 billion of investment from Volkswagen in the electrification of the auto industry, uh, creating thousands of jobs there and keeping Spain competitive in car making. Pop a link to that story in the show notes if you'd like to read more. All right, we'll take a, a wee break and when we return, we'll talk Rimats Nevera setting new records and some more lamppost charges. Lots more of them actually for certain locations. Stick around. Back in a sec. Okay, dokily, if you'd like to skip the adverts, by the way, if you just listened to some of them on the podcast, or fast-forwarded them, I know I do, on podcasts, then uh, then you can by signing up to be a Patreon producer or executive producer. If you're a company or organisation, or just very generous. You can go to higher levels as well. Uh, but it's the individuals and the companies that keep this podcast on the air. I couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much to every single person. And, of course, one of the benefits is you get an ad-free feed, an exclusive feed just for you. You copy and paste it into your podcast app. Never hear an advert again. Jobs are good. Now, let's talk about the Chevy Silverado. The EV workhorse is going to get a range boost or rather an increase on the estimates. GM's incoming president of North America, Rory Harvey, announcing that the EPA range estimate will be higher than they had previously lowballed. The official website still states states a range of around 400 miles. However, he revealed that the Silverado EV work truck will have an EPA estimate of 450 miles of range. Starting price... 80k, including delivery. Uh, the work truck will also have a 350 mile range version, which will be a little bit cheaper. And they want other versions of the work truck starting lower as well, like you know in the 40s. But for now, the fully loaded RST first edition version will come before that. Uh, that'll have about 400 miles of range. That'll be a 100k plus vehicle. That's a fully loaded truck. But hey, trucks are expensive, even in combustion world, if you fully load them. They will qualify for the federal tax credit, $7,500 through the IRA. Uh, Not all versions, I think, of the Silverado EV will qualify because of the pricing, uh, but some of them will. Uh, But that is the top, the top mileage version of the work truck, 450 miles, will certainly, along with the Ford news, be noticed by Tesla because they're about to announce all the details of their Cybertruck. And not in a million years is it going to be $40,000 which they first said. But Elon Musk did comment on Twitter, obviously, about the Ford F-150 Lightning news, as an aside, by the way, saying, oh, that's, you know, I forget how paraphrase, but it was pricey. That's still quite a lot. He said something like that, which made the Tesla fans all frothy that it was going to mean that the Cybertruck would be 40,000, which it, it won't be in a million years, but it could be 50 or 55 for the base model or something. So... And again, range as well. Tesla are so used to dominating the stat sheets that they're going to have to come in at a decent price and and start competing with some decent ranges with these trucks out there. Albeit, I mean, they're like 200 kilowatt hour plus batteries. So that's how they do it. Now, let's talk lamppost charging. Ubertricity is a Berlin-based charging provider with two new big contracts here in England, in Berkshire and Redbridge, the London borough. 560 lamppost chargers are going in Uh, they're five kilowatts they take three hours to install each one in key residential and commercial locations i can't begin to tell you that if you live in london as i well i lived in uh, twickenham and barnes when i lived up in london so southwest but when we lived in barnes that road was built i think the house was 1910 terrace house 1910 i think um you know you parked with two wheels on the pavement and you were meant to. The white lines were painted over the pavement and it was just enough to get a wheelchair or a pushchair through if you were respectful. 
and you had to because otherwise it was a cul-de-sac I lived on the, a, you know, a dead end road and at the end of it was a school and so yeah mummies would come down there in their Range Rovers of a morning dropping off little you know Tarquin and whatever and it's like it was a, it's a nice part of London if you don't know the area and um and it's like this road was not built for traffic it was built for horses <laughs> you know a horse and cart and so there is no off-road parking in vast swathes of this country because we're so old got many old bits and so uh, and so that's lamppost charging is huge and uh, ubitricity or ubitricity is a big name certainly in london and some uh, some built-up areas that's great news now let's talk rimats navera the fastest accelerating production car in the world and the production EV with the highest top speed as well has another new feather in its cap. It's now the fastest electric production car to go up the Goodwood Hill Climb in the supercar shootout on the final day of the event on Sunday. The Rimats Nevera did a 49 32, 49 seconds, point three two. Uh, it has only 150 examples being made on the outskirts of Zagreb right now. Deliveries are ongoing. It's a beast of a car, isn't it? Mazda talking about their first new all-electric vehicle should be coming in 2027. CEO Masahiro Mori says uh, in 2021 they sold the MX-30, which was nothing to write home about. I've spoken to owners who own one, and they, they love it. It's a cute little thing, and it's great style-wise and stuff, but... 100 miles of range, not fantastic. Uh, but from 2028 onwards, Mazda say that they will increase production of their EV models alongside their technology and collaboration partner Toyota, big shareholder as well, their Capital Alliance partner. partner. Uh, Mazda will focus on China, the world's largest auto market. And I've got to say, Mazda, if you're saying that you're going to focus on China from 2027, 28 and make EVs for there, you are going to be so late to the party, it may be too late to the party. Because the domestic makers in China over the last two, three years, the pace of change in China that I've seen in the last two, three years from really since sort of Tesla got involved with making cars in China, the, the shift from aspiring to own one of the names that you use, like a Japanese name, like a Toyota or a Mazda, or a German name, like a VW, Mercedes, BMW, the shift, particularly with younger buyers in electric world, to own a domestic it's more desirable to own a domestic name now that's more high-tech than one of these names that was previously coveted. Like, what's China going to look like in 2027? It's I can't imagine the world that Mazda will enter in three, four years' time with their first EV in China. Uh, first new one, all new as well. It's uh, you know, based on Toyota technology as well, probably their new platform. Uh, it's got to be mind-blowingly good to even stand a chance. Mm. Mazda will offer one EV model after another, they say, with a joint venture in China. Let's talk another car maker now, Rolls-Royce, the Spectre. How many times do you think Rolls-Royce owners are going to charge their Spectre? Has an official range of 260 miles. And when that came out, I saw plenty of people online going, oh, I can't believe it. An expensive car like this, only 260 miles of range, it's just not good enough. I said it at the time, I'll say it again. I think Rolls-Royce know their buyers better than some little Herbert as a keyboard warrior, probably living in his mum's basement somewhere, bashing me an email going, oh, I can't believe you haven't given Rolls-Royce a hard time for not having more range. They don't need more range. Rolls-Royce have said that their average client, not owner, a client of Rolls-Royce, drives 3,000 miles a year with their cars. The 260-mile range of the Spectre means you'd charge your car just 11.5 times per year. It's a non-issue. The Spectre can charge at 11 kilowatts on a level 2 charger, 102 kilowatt-hour battery, and uh, some 
of uh, an, an interesting fact I picked up from the Rolls-Royce thing, uh, their average client has the use of seven other vehicles in their possession. So I don't think it's a problem. Rolls-Royce offers a concierge service for installing your home charger uh, with Q-Merit, actually, for that purpose in the US. Um, some customers have gone one further. Uh, one Rolls-Royce customer installed a 50-kilowatt DC fast charger. That would have had like a three-phase supply or more, you know. <laughs> you know. But when money's no object, they did because they didn't want to wait for their car to recharge because... You can. Right, let's talk an iconic British car maker, Morgan now, preparing for the electric revolution. A renowned British car maker based in Melbourne in Worcestershire since 1909. These days owned by private equity, ending 110 years of ownership by the Morgan family. They recently announced their second dealership in Italy, new dealerships in Germany and France, and awaiting authorization from the United States to export their three-wheeled Super 3 to America. And now they're working on their first all-EV. They'll be fully compliant for the 2030 petrol and diesel ban here in the UK, they say. Livewire, the Harley-Davidson-launched EV motorcycle project, uh, is a more affordable version is being announced. This is the S2 Del Mar. The Livewire 1 was first out in 2014 with 146 miles of range, and it was expensive, like 30 grand at the time. The new less expensive model, S2 Del Mar, will begin shipping uh, soon, and it has 84 horsepower and uh, 113 miles of city riding, 43 miles at sustained 70-mile-an-hour highway speeds. And let's talk about a a wonderful story that uh, was sent to me by a viewer. Now, I do get sent a load of stuff by the listeners and uh, and viewers when I I do a YouTube version um, of this podcast, and I can't thank you enough. And Phil, uh, Phil Allen, sent me this one, which is just brilliant. The French city of Montpellier has cancelled a hydrogen project to 51 buses because of high costs. Officials found that when looking at electric buses, they were six times cheaper than the hydrogen buses they were funded for. The Montpellier Horizon Hydrogen Project was launched in December 2019 to much fanfare, uh, worth 29 million euros. And there was a small solar-powered green hydrogen plant, because that was the future, right? We were told, green hydrogen, make it with renewables, it's going to be fine. All paid for with... um, Subsidies and funding grants from regional, national and European funds, 8.9 million investment and loans from a sovereign fund as well in France. And all of that money is up the spout because hydrogen just doesn't work in so many use cases. Montpellier's mayor, uh, Michael Delafos, has decided to cancel the project because going EV is six times cheaper. He said that hydrogen might be promising, but not for electric buses. The vice president of the Montpellier Mediterranean Metropole noted that operating the hydrogen buses is costing them €3 million a year, but to operate the electric ones is just €500,000 per year. Green hydrogen, many say, is... Uh, an inefficient and expensive solution for road transport. It could work in some cases, looking at shipping or aviation maybe, but for road transport, it's a ridiculous folly. Uh, Despite all of these facts that come to life, hydrogen advocates will tell you that fuel cell vehicles are lighter than EVs, will charge more quickly, run further on a single charge and ignore all of the inconvenient truths about hydrogen. It's funny seeing uh, Rowan Atkinson, uh, not only a a wonderful writer and actor and someone who I enormously admire, the talent of Rowan Atkinson, incredible driver as well. Um, And he came out recently and said he's just disappointed in EVs and hydrogen is the future. Toyota have given him a little Yaris GR3, even driving up the hill at Goodwood, and, uh, and he thinks that that is 
the future. And it's frustrating because he got a huge amount of attention. Because you know, Rowan Atkinson's a legend, so when he speaks, people listen, as they should. And uh, I agree with him on, I've seen it so many, he talks, he's talking about uh, free speech in the past and all these things, and I completely agree with his viewpoints. So uh, it's always a little bit weird, discombobulating, isn't it, when you have your worldview challenged. So I'm like, well, I love this guy, and he thinks hydrogen's the future, but... Rowan, respectfully, uh, you're wrong. All the facts point to that, but he sees the world a certain way. That's interesting. Right, finally, young people in China. I've got to bring you, I know that I'm long today and I know I've waffled, but I've got to bring you this story. It's brilliant. In Guangzhou, a bustling city in southern China, fit, able-bodied young people are finding a new way to get around. They're selling their e-bikes and buying electric wheelchairs because the rules on e-bikes have recently been tightened. The move has sparked mixed reactions online on Chinese social media that I've been sent by some of the listeners. Some call it sick. Uh, The use of electric wheelchairs as a mode of transport by those who don't actually need them has raised questions about the enforcement of these rules. It highlights the challenges faced by urban commuters in China who want electric transport but have been somewhat hobbled by new rules on e-bikes. So they found an innovative solution. They're all in electric electric wheelchairs which are not regulated the same way these young hipster 20 somethings in urban china just whizzing around in electric wheelchairs because hey they're just doing their their commute i'll pop a picture and a link in the show notes if you'd like to find out more there are, i'm sure there's a serious side to that uh, that story but i'm tickled by it Thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of the Village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, and also Derek Riley, his brilliant EV Review Island YouTube channel. Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map, and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one, see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.